Hey gang, welcome to episode 38 of the No Persinium podcast, your podcast about immersive theater and its ilk. I'm your host, Noah Nelson. We've got a pretty fun show for you today. We've got Juliana Patel and Ariel Rubin, the creators of Escape Room in a Box, the Werewolf Experiment. Uh, it's an escape room. It's in a box. You play it at home. We're going to get into that a little bit more in depth in a minute here. But first, uh, first off, uh, I want to note, hey, we've got a lot of new listeners, and I am super excited to have you guys and gals listening to the show. Um, pretty soon, we'll we'll do like kind of like a, a re-exploration of what it all means. Uh, but for right now, just know that, uh, you know, we check out immersive theater, we check out site-specific work, interactive theater, escape rooms, mess around a little bit with virtual reality, pretty much any sort of performance-based art that has a plastic relationship between the audience and the creators. So it could be interactive storytelling, it could be an experience, but it's that plasticity between the audience and the creators, that relationship that's going on while the experience is being unfolded. That's what we're interested here at No Persinium in. All right, speaking of things that we're interested here at No Persinium about, let's uh, talk about the news and notes. We'll get through this really quickly because this is the third time I've recorded the opening. All right, so uh, Chicago newsletter just started going out. Super excited about that. Thank you so much, Dean, for stepping in and becoming the Chicago coordinator for No Persinium. Uh, there is a show there called The Last Defender. You should check it out. You should look it up. If you're in Chicago, oh my God, go because I can't go. If you're not in Chicago, go be jealous with me by looking it up. Uh, definitely up my alley. New York City, Zay points out the Woodshed Collective. They've got their 10th anniversary fundraiser. It's happening on March 5th. You know there's going to be immersive elements in there. It's the Woodshed Collective. That is, that's what they do. So you want to check that out if you're in New York City. If you're here in LA, Capital W, the folks who made Hamlet Mobile, and if you haven't heard that word before, you're definitely a new listener. Uh, the folks who made Hamlet Mobile have a brand new show called And the Drum. I'm checking it out this weekend. It is a super intimate show, only 12 audience members at a time. Uh, go to Capital W's website. Uh, you can find the links at various points in the No Persinium Continuum. That's our Facebook, our Twitter. Uh, go check it out. Just go look at the newsletter. It's in the newsletter. Get your get your last issue of the newsletter. You didn't open it up. It's okay. Just open it up now. Go look. Buy a ticket. Go. Be one of the few people who get to see it. Um, Hella Fresh Theater. They're over in the Culver Palms area. Uh, they're looking for actors to work with uh, because they like to build their shows around their actors. They reached out to me yesterday. Uh, we we're going to put some links up. Uh, they're looking to make some new work. I know some of you went and saw their last work and enjoyed it. Uh, and hopefully uh, I'll get to see one pretty soon. Um, the timing really didn't work out that last time. I was like, it was like, I think it was in October. We know how October goes. Um, finally, this is just a little teaser. Uh, talked this week with the creator of a beloved show from last year, and uh, they are in the final stages of figuring out how to bring it back here in LA. Very excited about this prospect. Um, 
It's a show I would love to see again. It's a show I know a lot of you would love to see again. And for those of you who missed it, you're so lucky that you get an opportunity. Um, more soon. I'm playing the tease here. More soon. All right. Hey, we are about to have a really excellent conversation with Juliana Patel and Ariel Rubin. And the thing we don't talk about is the fact that these two are theater kids. They have theater degrees. I know Ariel does. I'm pretty sure Juliana does. Um, it makes perfect sense to me that people who've been doing theater, not only in high school, but through college. And if, if you did it in college, you've got the bug. You're cursed. It's going to be with you forever. Like a werewolf curse, it's with you forever. Well, that's what happened with these two. And it is manifested now in the form of this Kickstarter project uh, that's done really well, that's come together. Folks have been playing the game and they've been really enjoying it. Uh, I heard about it because our friend, good friend of the show, Juliet Bennett Ryla, got to check it out, uh, wrote about it for LAist, uh, enjoyed it. A lot of the escape room kids have been enjoying this. They didn't, it's like, I can't believe it's not butter level of excitement around this. And I thought you guys would enjoy it too. So on that note, we are now going to travel to Juliana's wonderful home and have a nice little chat. We'll start. Uh, <laughs> this, the cold open just happened. Uh, sitting, I'm sitting here in Juliana's house. Uh, and in front of me right now is one of the prototype boxes for Escape Room in a Box, The Werewolf Experiment. And we're here with Juliana and Ariel, which I messed up a second ago and did right this time. Everyone who listens to the show knows how Yay. bad I am with the voices. <laughs> and and if, if we're talking kind of delicately, it's because there are children who are asleep elsewhere in the house. And so I won't be quite as boisterous as I might normally be. And if you listen really carefully, you might hear a staticky breathing sound. That's a baby monitor. So, but I don't even know if you can monitoring guys, two children. Monitoring two very efficiently. Um, hey, so I don't know who wants to feel this one, but what? And and I'm swiveling in a chair. I'm gonna stop that right now. Um, what's uh, what is an escape room in a box? The listeners are pretty familiar with escape rooms. What's an escape room in a box? Well, we've taken the immersive and engaging experience of an escape room and we have box, shoved it all into a tiny box of brilliance. Or uh, doom. Or doom, depending, depending you, you upon escape. your fate. <laughs> also, how you feel about turning into a werewolf still That's might true. be a brilliant fate for you. Um, so we have taken, you know, there's locked boxes and there's surprises and hidden objects and twists and turns and all the drama and excitement of an escape room. But now you don't have to leave your house, which is awesome. <laughs> so digging a little farther in before I, we start talking about the origin of like why you two wanted to put an escape room in a box, because uh, that itself is a fascinating question. Um, so is there like a story, I'm holding the box if this was television, is there a storyline in here? Because it seems like there's like a werewolf, mad there scientist, is. and and how does it play out? Is, like, is, someone just, is it like a role-playing game where someone like sets the room up for the well, players, or is this a cooperative game that everyone plays together? Uh, it's a cooperative game, and something that was very... And yeah. I should have you guys identify yourself, so... Oh, I'm Arielle. 
I'm Juliana. There. We kind of sound the same and kind of look a little bit the same anyway, so I don't uh, expect your viewers or your <laughs> listeners to It's true. <laughs> I, I tried to convince Juliana to go to meetings um, for me when yeah. I want to perform. <laughs> Next. Um, so the the story it is a storyline it's you don't have you don't act um doing it it's not like larping but and you and as the host the first time you play you're not setting up an escape room when you are part of the team that is opening the box and what you discover is that the evil doctor cynthia naw has sent you this box and when you open it a vapor, a poisonous vapor is released, a fake poisonous vapor, don't worry. There's no vapor, we promise. <laughs> and if you don't solve all of her puzzles in time, then you will turn into werewolves and become part of her werewolf army. So that's... Some people might just not bother to solve the puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> and, they'd be, and they'd be disappointed that they're not actually becoming werewolves, because you guys can come through on that. Like, <laughs> well, the thing is, you would, like, it, it, a bit like Deadpool, which we were just discussing... Oh, that's no, fine. A spoiler. Um, no, no, we can. Oh, mm. what? Oh, you're gonna you were gonna spoil Deadpool? Uh, yeah. Don't do that. I want to spoil Deadpool. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> being werewolf would be cool. I'm not gonna say what I was just gonna say because it's a spoiler. <laughs> I thought that you through. Can, you can tell me. Good job. You can tell me afterwards. <laughs> I will. Um, but um, the second time that you play, now the first time. <laughs> Are you trying to get spoilers? Maybe. <gasps> Why? No. He's opened the box. The he box. released the vapor. There was something in the box. I got to admit. <laughs> they said it was empty, but it wasn't totally empty. <laughs> so, the first time you play, you you play like any other player, and you are solving all the puzzles. But the second time, we will be selling a refill kit, and you can put the box back together. And you will get a host script, and you will actually play as Doc Nall. So that's where a bit of acting, a bit of immersive theater comes in. Oh, and fun. there are elements that are in the box that you will have control of, that you won't put back in the box. Oh, cool. So it so winds up being a little bit like the Scraps Real Escape games in that it's... Although those those tend to be very like mathy, so here you've got locks and puzzles. We so, like, what's, actually what's tried really hard to make this more interactive than a lot of. The, we've done several of the scrap adventures. I mean, we we love escape rooms, and we have done a lot of them. And we've tried to make this as physical and interactive as possible. So, and we you know we tried to play into the narrative of the you know mad scientist laboratory theme. Right, it was um, very important for us because um, one of the things that. We that Scrap inspired us by is that you know they have like an answer sheet, um, in in their bigger things. But it was very important to us that that answer sheet not just be something that you sort of like fill out and doesn't really matter what words you put where or you could put a wrong word or you, you can know. figure it out from the context or you can where you don't even have to solve the puzzle you just figure it out so we wanted to make sure that didn't happen I mean, right. I mean I've been on a team that did that once so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but but it was also important that all the words be part of the story so none of it's random and that the answer sheet isn't just something you fill out it is a part of the puzzle and a part of the story and a part of the game mm. and there's uh, meta puzzles as well so everything that you have solved it's going to come into play later. So you have to have solved it correctly in order to be able to move on later. And yeah. if we're allowed to not be um, humble here, I would say that one of the first one of the first things that we got back from a lot of the reviewers was, an escape room in a box, that is going to suck. 
You are going to send us a lot of, like, Sudoku and, you Yeah, it's going to be, like, homework. Like, we're going to sit here with our pen and paper and just solve, like, boring puzzles. And then the next sentence in all of these reviews is, we were totally wrong. This is absolutely the same feeling and adrenaline and excitement of an escape room. You so you were asking about what's in the box, and obviously we can't tell you everything that's in the box because there's <laughs> definitely a lot of surprises and things to be found. Um, but there are there's two locked tins. One is a key lock and one is a combination lock. And then there is a locked antidote jar, which is the antidote that will save you from becoming a werewolf. Um, and there's Petri dishes and test tubes and syringes. So there's plenty of physical elements that all play into the science theme mm -hmm. uh, that enclose puzzles. Awesome. So we're not just talking like a, we're not talking like the way it is at Scrap where it's just like, you put a bunch of pictures on a wall no. and write down things. It's very tactile. Absolutely Super not. Tactile. Yeah. yeah. And there's uh, the other thing that there is that we worked really hard to put in is when you, you know, I'm sure you know because uh, from escape rooms is one of the really fun things is finding clues and finding them in random places that we, you don't think about. And yeah. we have incorporated that. There's nothing that is a part of this game that is not used in the game. Yeah, we've tried hard. We we also hate red herrings where your whole team spends so long trying to solve something and mm. then you're like, oh, throw that in the trash. We didn't need that at yeah. all. So we've worked really hard to make sure that everything that you get and that you're looking at is going to serve a purpose. Let's let's start talking. We'll come back to the box because um, I'll have more questions about it. And, it. and it is a little hard to like ask questions about something you haven't directly experienced. But I think we can probably glean a lot about what this experience is going to be for people by talking to you guys about your experiences as fans of escape rooms. So as I know that the backstory, yeah, well, I mean the backstory here is like you're, I think as you guys pitch yourselves, like, like you're, you're two moms whose entire, like your main hobby now is escape rooms. And so that's why you built an escape room in a box. So how'd you get into escape rooms? And I mean, it's, it's it hasn't been around that long. Yeah, so, I actually started it. The first one that I did that wasn't even called an escape room, it was called a story room. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually a more accurate name, sadly, escape room. Was that the, the two-bit circus one? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the first one I ever, I yeah, ever did, too. So when it was, was in beta like mode? A few, it was like the very first time that they did it. Yeah. It was back in their warehouse, just in the little... Um, and so I did that, and I fell in love. I was like, this is amazing, because... As a mom, you're so constantly thinking of like, is the baby okay? What do I need to be doing? I need to be preparing this food. I need to be paying the bills. Like there's just always 8 million things on your mind and your focus is always so split. I think that's one thing about being a mom is your focus is like never directly all in one place because you are constantly trying to make sure, you know, I have two children. So it's like, let me make sure the baby doesn't jump off the couch while I'm making sure the toddler isn't going to be, you know, like scribbling on the walls. So it's just everything is always like very much a split focus. And even if you're sitting in a movie or something, I find personally, like if I'm sitting still, I, I'm thinking of like the groceries I need to buy or, yeah. you know, everything I need to do. Yeah. But then the first time I did this story room that's like an escape room, 
it was a chance to completely disconnect from everything. You have to, you're timed, so you have to go, like, you're, all your focus has to be on going as fast as you possibly can to make sure you make it out in time. You put your phone away, and there's things that engage your mind in such a way that you have to be present and focused on what's in front of you. And I think that it's really rare, especially in this day and age with so many screens and technology, we're mm. always checking our phones, we're always seeing what else is happening, um, to have an opportunity to just completely focus in and put all of your mental and physical energy on what's right in front of you and, and working with the people right in front of you, like the aspect of actually communicating with the people who are around you was amazing and we fell in love. <laughs> that's, that's a theme that often comes up with people in the escape room phenomenon. And I think it might've come up when we did the NPR piece. Uh, I was talking to Caden who uh, created the basement mm-hmm. and uh, we were, we were talking a lot about that. You know, there's, it's this excuse to be there in a room with other people, not be on the phones you know, that, that time limit is important because okay. it's like, you know, you only have, this is your one shot to do it. And it's, it's such a thing that we don't, it's, it's, it really, it's a luxury in our lives. Yeah. It's like, there's this limited amount of time to do this task. It's not going to bleed out. It's not going to be something you can keep on putting off. It's like, you got to get here right now and do it. Yeah. And there's, there's a, a mode your brain goes into. And I think it's actually a really wonderful mode like I found it actually it was after doing the basement I came home uh and my I still haven't done the basement by the way I oh do it, you so should I know. do it it's, it's, yeah it's a tragedy it's actually it's a really good one yeah. um but so I came home and it was back when my son my baby was even younger and I and he woke up in the middle of the night and I was trying to put him back to sleep and I was like this is kind of like an escape room. It's like, I'm trying to rock him. Okay, rocking's not working. Let me put him in the crib and like sing to him. Okay, that's not working. Let me try to think of a different way. Like I like the way that it trains your brain to try to constantly think of different solutions and different ways that you can do things. I think that's a very valuable skill to have in your just everyday life. Oh my God. That's now, great. I've never thought of that. But now, <laughs> after escaping awesome. a psycho's lair, you've never thought about putting your child to sleep that way? Strangely. <laughs> Now, now you're making me imagine like high schools across America all having like an escape room uh, exam. Well, Breakout <laughs> Edu is doing. Have you heard of Breakout Edu? No. Breakout yeah. Edu is really cool. Yeah. They, it's there. It there's. I guess probably the closest thing to, to uh, on the market to us, but they're very very different. So for, with Breakout Edu. It's a hundred dollars, and you receive a box of locks, uh, like all the components to build an escape room, and then they have educational, um, educational apps or like stories that you can download. The teachers can download that teach like a Shakespeare play, or teach a period in history, or teach math, and the teachers set up an escape room in the classroom using the components sent by Breakout ETU. So they're trying oh, wow. to break into the box. Um, but it's a similar experience. Uh, but you, yeah, so it's open source, so anyone can create an escape room for Breakout EDU. Oh, wow. Uh, the focus is on education, so it's all, you know, teaching different aspects. And, um, yeah, so they, you buy the box, and then you can get all these different stories for the box. That's, that's brilliant. It's awesome. James, yeah. we've talked to the co-founder, and he's amazing, and you might want to have him on your show. <laughs> yeah. Where is he? Is he local he's in LA? He's in San Francisco. San Francisco. Uh, I'm in San Francisco, like, 
a few times a year, or I can send Albert to go do it, uh, our San Francisco guy. Although he never signed up to do the podcast, but <laughs> too bad, Albert. Guess what? Plus, he loves games, so I'm sure probably knows the guy. Um, wow. Yeah, because wow. I think it's an amazing teaching tool. It's so much more engaging than, you know, sitting and just listening to facts on a board. Well, because it gets you, I mean, puzzle solving is, it's the heart of education, right? It's like, yeah. there's a gap in your knowledge, there's this goal you want to achieve, all right, figure out a strategy on how to do that. The idea, I mean, I'd be curious to look at that kit, because like, you know, what things you can do to like, you know, mod it each time, almost like it's a skin, and it's like, okay, we're going to change this and put something in it, and yeah. you know, that, that mentality. But right, Yeah, and so, that's one thing with our box where, um, you know, since it does have the refill pack, we love the idea of it being able to bring the escape room experience and have that mental workout and that um, everything that's so wonderful about escape rooms, no matter where you are. Like if you're in a rural community where there's nothing around you that would be like this, or if you, you know, are maybe a more underserved area, to have this at libraries where people can come and experience it at the library and then the library can just refill it. We love the idea that it makes escape rooms more accessible to everyone. Well, and also that it brings people together. You know, that this is something where you could have a bunch of people over at your house to do and to connect with your friends in a different way. So how did, how did you get on the escape room train? Well, I, our friend Jason, who I mentioned earlier, uh, knew me and knew Juliana. And he, and he was like, well, you know, I think you two should really meet because... I don't know anyone else who's as competitive as I'm <laughs> And we were both pregnant at the time. Our, our, um, Juliana's younger son and my son are only three weeks apart. Oh, huh. Yeah, so... Um, and this is the baby you're having together. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, not a lot. Not, only slightly. <laughs> um, and so I started coming to Juliana's game nights and also her werewolf nights. She has these wonderful werewolf parties. Uh, and she's always the werewolf. If anyone, any of you out there ever play with Juliana, always the werewolf. I mean, not just, always. just go ahead, kill her right away. <laughs> it's the, really the best strategy. And so, uh, I guess when I, I passed a certain test or something, Juliana let me into her escape room group. <laughs> I was so like, cool. she seems very smart and very competitive and very. It's motivated. like the inner circle yeah. of the game night crowd is the escape room crew. Well, because they limit the escape rooms. Game and night. you got you got to have the right crew together right and like mix. and, and honing and that's actually the reason why i haven't done the basement yet is like the people that i would most likely take a lot of them have already done it yeah. and the people uh the other people a couple of them aren't into horror so it's like oh, that's out and then everyone else just schedules right? yeah you know it's like it's oh, always when, scheduling yeah it's like when are we going to find the time to get everybody together to do it yeah um it's but so like you could, so you got to be part of the team. Yes. And was that your first was your first escape room? Yeah, with my her? first escape room was with Julianne. I actually hadn't I hadn't wasn't aware of them before that. Yeah. And I Which don't know. Which one was your first one? It was your birthday. It was that whole oh, uh, yeah. that zombie one. <laughs> oh. I uh, there's a few I, zombie ones. Yeah. This one we didn't have a great zombie. Mm. I think basically. <laughs> I've been I've I've done a couple of bad well I've done at least one bad room like legendarily and it was one I went uh, Juliet Bennett Ryla who reviewed your guys' game yes yeah. it was awesome uh, and uh, who's been on the show and is sort of my my resident escape room expert and haunt expert uh, 
she invited me along the first time I went to go play a game with her. Uh, and it was just it was just a disastrous experience. Can you tell us which one? Yeah, off air, off air, off air. We're still we're still we're still nice. About what I'll say it, so that about this is though, like even the escape rooms that don't measure up as much to like personally maze rooms are my favorite. I just think that they're really cool. Um, there are still such cool ideas. I mean, the anyone who's putting together an escape room, I feel like, is so innovative and creative. And there's always yeah. like something where I'm like, that is just so cool. Yeah. The one, the one we did, it was early on in their run, and it just, it felt, and the sad thing was I heard later that, like, Caden finished it in, like, 20 minutes or something like that, and we, we could not figure it out, and uh, there, there were just, there were things that I felt there were mistakes, you know, it was, a lot of it revolved around the lighting, you know, and then there was a linear room, but we were able to jump puzzles, and that mm. threw us all off, uh, and, yeah. you know, like, there's there a delicate balance, but, like, there were, there were some things that were color-coded on the wall, but, you know, Color under white light and color under red light are two different uh, things, right? Yes. You know, and so it's like if you don't do that right, then you're not gonna. Yeah. The, the information's not gonna travel across in the right way. Uh, but it was it was a genuinely it was a weird and kind of generally uncomfortable experience. I would um, say that you know that's one of the things, I, and I I'm, I know that you know most escape rooms do this, and if it was early in their run, they probably just maybe hadn't done quite enough. Is that uh, you know we play tested the hell out of this game and. The difference between the game that is going out now and the game that we started with is a lot. And there were things that we thought were super cool and super fun that were not. <laughs> that the playtesters, like we had a, I mean, the most famous one between us is the logic puzzle. We love, both of us love logic puzzles. We thought it was so cool and it like tied in in a really cool way. It was just lots of fun. And every time it got pulled out of the box, the playtesters looked like they'd been shot. Like, <laughs> it was the worst thing, and we had to lose it, and it made us sad. But, you know, this was this is what playtesting is for. So how long have you been working on this? I mean, it feels like forever. We, You know, we didn't start playtesting... Let's see, when we started... We started playtesting in... What was it, like, November, I think? Yeah. Um, and, of, you know, of course, we, like, we spent quite a long time on the game before that, but... When we started, we wanted to, uh, well, we wanted to be sure to get it to the reviewers right after the new year. So we really, like, we were doing two playtests and I yeah, we were splitting we up. Go. It was super intensive and we were then kind of reconstructing the game every day in between or every day, like, and then at night we would test out the new version because it was all the puzzles feed into one another. Like, if right. you solve a puzzle, it's generally not going to be done so you know once you've made one small change you're going to need to change other things down the line so it's been a super intensive period <laughs> sounds a lot like coding a, a video game and that there's like the, the pieces are all dependent upon each other so yeah. it's like you alter this part of the code and the whole thing cascades Definitely. yes i mean i think one thing that did help at that point was that we had been through so many versions of the game and development that we had backup puzzles and stuff. Yeah, definitely. We, we were always like, oh, we could go, you know, back to that idea that we originally had that we dropped because we thought we thought the logic puzzle was better. <laughs> we had to lose it. <laughs> we were wrong. Um, well, what, was the, what was the spark? When did you go from saying, oh, I love going to these escape rooms uh, to, hey, we should, we should find a way to... Was it like, we should make one? Is that where it started and then evolved or... I mean, I think what it was, well, for me, a lot of what it was was 
that it's, you know, escape rooms are expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have kids, you know, you have to think it's like, you know, what can I do for my kid or go to an escape room? And, and then you also have to, like, get a babysitter on top of it. And Juliana does this wonderful game night. So we, we were, we'd run out of Groupons. Um, to escape rooms and we're like well we should just host one at home like someone's probably selling this we'll go and buy it and we'll do it as as a game night instead and we couldn't find one yeah we were actually shocked that it didn't already exist in the world because escape rooms are so popular and only becoming more and more popular by the day although they although in so many ways they're they're so new i mean like they're they're they've been around in russia and japan and then russia and and budapest and everything uh, for a few years now, but it was only in like 2014 that the basement opened. Right? Yeah, it's been like probably the past two years, I think, yeah. in the US it's really been growing, but it's been growing so fast, like tripling um, every year. So it just seemed like there would be something like it. And especially there's so many murder mystery parties, you know, uh, that you can buy. Pandemic so, Legacy. Pan- and there's so many, yeah, like consumable games like yeah. Pandemic Le- Legacy or Time Stories um, that we could There's even the consumable risk these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Risk it's, Legacy. Yeah, it's become, um, a, it's a, it's become a genre in of itself. Yeah, so these two things are kind of so popular right now. It was shocking that there wasn't something that put them together and I mean we absolutely love escape rooms and we absolutely love game nights so uh yeah we decided to we're like let's let's do it <laughs> yeah I, we we had a we have preserved from memory a text conversation yeah we were like, but you know let's make an escape room in a box and Juliana I, I texted Juliana, Juliana that because um, I'd said it the night before and then Juliana texted back she was like yeah I was thinking about that too we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that would be awesome. <laughs> so um, did it instantly go from like, we should do this for our friends to this is a product we can make? Well, we said all along, we were like, you know what? We'll make this. And if nothing else, we'll have made something really fun for our friends to play. You know, like it'll be, and it has been like through playtesting. It's so great. I mean, we have watched people play this game so many times now. It is still entertaining. Like, seeing the dynamic of how different groups work together and, you know, people who go in being like, oh, I'm not very good at puzzles, you know, like, I'm not very useful in escape rooms or whatever. And then they save the day and they're so proud of themselves that they were able to figure it out. So just seeing how people interact with each other and with the game is endlessly entertaining for us um so and by the way to all those people out there who think that they aren't good at escape rooms the most important person in an escape room does, does not have to be good at puzzles they just have to be organized because <coughs> excuse me our leader cynthia who is actually quite good at puzzles but she never does them in escape rooms all she does is organize all of us and when we don't have her we lose and when she's <laughs> there we win yeah mm. Yeah, and our she actually is the inspiration for Dr. Cynthia Na. Her name is Dr. Cynthia. Her name she actually she is a doctor. She's a PhD candidate, so she's Dr. Cynthia Wang. And so we have reversed the Wang, and you get Na, uh, <laughs> which works for a werewolf. Yeah, and you'll um, notice that our werewolf is a woman. It, she is. Yes, definitely with her pink shirt and her little skirt. <laughs> Also, I'd never realized if you reversed Wang, you got Na. Yeah, that, that we were pretty thrilled about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 and and I was a thirteen year old boy at one point, so I'm sort of disappointed <laughs> yeah. with myself 
like you should be in a massive way. Yeah, apparently you went to as into escape rooms and anagrams at the time. No, no. Well, I was just thinking, what would Deadpool think for that, for that one? Um, but one other thing too was we really, when you're mom and when you've managed to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. When you actually finish the escape room and it's awesome and you're so pumped up from having done this and your brain's like a million miles They figure out new ways to rock the kids to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, You feel like you should probably go back home because there's a babysitter you should pay, but you also are so hyped up you want to talk and be with your friends and kind of go over what just happened. So we thought it would be really awesome if it was at home and you could spend the rest of the evening being like, oh my gosh, that was so awesome. I love that you did this. And how did you do this? And kind of like having a chance to, if you had a chance to actually hang out in the escape room after and kind of look at all the puzzles that you didn't have a chance to do and see how it all fit together, we thought that would be a great time. No, no. On the, when you guys sell the refill and you give someone the role, is, is, there, is there a plan in place or, or you're starting to dream of, you know, okay, like people could squirrel things in the house. Because the discovery thing mm-hmm. is is a major part in an escape room. Like one of the things that's most interesting, one of the more interesting experience I had was we were in a room that was pretty... Uh, have you guys done Senator Payne? No, I've heard multiple good things yeah, about that room. Yeah, we really need to do Senator Payne. Yeah. Senator Payne. yeah. Uh, I won't... I, I won't to, to be totally honest, we haven't done enough escape rooms in the past few, like since we started really the getting into testing. the Kickstarter yeah. and the, like yeah. we've just oh, been well, this, the, just this all the time. The Kickstarter is just gonna eat up all your time, like mm-hmm. as, yes. as you know. That. I, <laughs> Although I just, we're doing an escape room to celebrate the end of the Kickstarter. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. I'm really excited have about you picked, it. Have you picked one out yet? Or? We're thinking The Alchemist. Oh, I need to go do The Alchemist. If you mm-hmm. don't do The Alchemist, go. Senator Payne was. It's. We did it with three people. Uh, That's a small group. And yeah. but it worked. It worked real well. Uh, I would say three or four is the max. And it is it is deceptive. Like the, the you know the first room, the the first part of it. Um, it was really just a matter of like trying to like just like what where what I don't know, and then just the eye falls on the right spot, and you're like oh, and everything starts to come together. Oh, cool. That 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 thing about relying upon people's perception yeah which is what's so to me is one of the coolest things about escape rooms and indeed crosses over into like the immersive theater realm is is that sense of a it's a design space Mm -hmm. so is that is that something that you're scheming on oh i would say that that is within our box yeah i feel like it's not i have seen those uh i we have seen those moments happen in every game and after this is done, we will tell you one of them. No, oh, no, no, I think don't. You want to play the game at some point? Oh, I think I already saw. Oh, that. Yeah. yeah. There's way better ones than yeah. that. No, but that, <laughs> but that particular one, always like, is very often Overlooked. when they get to, when our players get to a point where they're like, they're kind of stopped and they're like, hmm, I should be, and then they're like. Oh yeah. wait a second! <laughs> yeah, uh, and not so we. There's definitely that, you know, pulling back. And when you look at, you know, as an overview, you have yeah. those moments of discovery. But there are also many hidden clues. And just, I know it looks like a small box, but we promise it has <laughs> at least as many hidden clues. And it's very dense. 
as <laughs> an escape room. All right, all right. Um, talk me, talk to me about the Kickstarter process because it's something something you don't talk about on the show too often. Uh, there are a couple of companies I know who are looking at crowdfunding uh, in the immersive theater space right now, uh, and they haven't necessarily gone through the the ringer that it can be. So how much of your lives that are not your children is this thing eating up currently? A hundred percent. And my, my and, poor and children, yeah. it has eaten into their time as well. Like the first day that our Kickstarter launched, I was literally rocking the baby on one hip. My son was at school, thankfully, and then just typing the rest of the day like he my poor child just got very little entertainment that day because it has it is a intense intense endeavor yeah look to run a good kickstarter campaign and you know we are so grateful to all our backers it's as you should be on kickstarter because they are what make your project so you want to send them all individual thank yous and you want to answer everyone's questions and you know you want to be a very responsive um, and responsible creator, yes, and that takes time. You want to be responding to it, but even before all of that, just getting together the Kickstarter. I mean, it's it's not as much as putting together the game, but it's not too far off. Like getting a quality video made, which takes you know a lighting person and a camera person and a sound person, and then who's going to appear in it, and you know getting that whole shoot done with. And a the massive art. endeavor, and then getting the art done, uh, you know, for all the headers, just to make it visually interesting. All the content. I mean, it has been such a huge undertaking pre-Kickstarter. Now during the Kickstarter, it's every spare second, and then I'm sure after it will continue to. <laughs> well, the big thing, one of the big things before the Kickstarter was that you know we had to we reached out to a lot of reviewers and media, and then you know we had to try to organize it so that they would hopefully come in about when the Kickstarter started. We um, were very lucky to meet with Rob Manuel over at Geek and Sundry, and he rightfully gave us the advice to try to have a media stampede on the first day. Mm. Yeah, because we were wondering, should it be spaced out? You know, so there's yeah. always like a constant flow of information, or is but it it's all about it's all about the first day. Smash it in on the first day. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so that's we made a great we did. first day. We made a great right. first day. <laughs> but we've, I mean, and still then like continuing to reach out as the campaign goes and being able to say. Hey, we funded in 14 hours. We're 300% funded. You know, would you like to cover us? And because that gets a different response than the initial, hey, I'm going to launch a Kickstarter in two months. You know, would you like to cover this? Yeah. yeah. In fact, there were a few people that we, we, that I reached out to and Juliana didn't realize and she reached out to them again and they responded. But it was, but it was after the Kickstarter had point. already funded. Yeah. Well, there's, it, I gotta say, like being on the other side of that, you know, so so often, I get I get fewer pitches for Kickstarters or, or other crowdfunding campaigns these days than I used to. But everybody, like, once you look at the project, and there's a, there's so many projects, and the game space is interesting because, particularly the physical game space, because it has completely changed that market yeah. mm-hmm. in in a deep way from physical games to to role playing games. Like, there are companies that had disappeared that now exist again because of this because of the ability to 
print on demand. And yeah. that's one of the things that's interesting about it is that people look at, oh, it's begging, it's this. And I, there's all these preconceptions people have about it. And in the game space, you really clearly see it. Someone proposes something. They say, would you like an escape room in a box? And then people come up and say, like, that sounds like something I want. I will pre-order it before you start manufacturing. And next thing you know, you're like, oh my God, a lot of people wanted this. So that's this a question. This blows my mind. Sorry, what's your question? Oh, well, you're, just, you're probably about to answer it, which is how how far above your goal are you guys at this point? And like what... I'll tell you exactly. Yeah. And, and then like, is this something you were... Is it a, a level that you were expecting at all? I, mean, I was. <laughs> Ariel is a wild optimist and she was expecting this. I find this amazing. I can't believe that we live in a day and age where my friend and I in Los Angeles can develop a game and say, hey, this game is fun. And then we can find people all over the country who review games and send it out to them. And then they come back and say, we love your game. And then everyone gets it out into the world. And now people in Singapore and people in the Netherlands and people in Australia are going to be playing our game. Hey, don't I, forget Germany. Germany's Germany's big. big. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of Germans backing this. Um, I think that was one of that was one of the biggest surprises that we got, and we were not initially EU friendly for shipping because we just didn't expect to get that many orders from outside the US. And yeah. we, we read, a, you know, we listened to a lot of podcasts, we read a lot of articles, and everyone's like, hey, you know, probably won't be that much outside of the US. And we we're like, okay, well, you know. We'll just be able we to handle it. We won't focus our time and energy yeah. on right. that. Yeah. Well, that was not correct. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, we have, so once we started the Kickstarter and saw the response we were getting um, from the EU and from the rest of the world, we put a lot of energy into becoming EU friendly. Yeah. Mostly Juliana. Actually, actually give credit where it's due. That was like all Juliana. Um, 385% of our goal as of this so moment. close to 400. <laughs> well, here's... Here's the, the next phase question. Are you prepared for fulfillment? Because that's the thing, oh, that's the thing that, that trips so many people up. And the nice thing is you guys, you guys have a, a physical game to like set out. So it's not like, a, a, say, a film thing where all of a sudden you're like, all right, now we've got 18 different t-shirts we gotta make because you're, you're paying people off they're making sure that they're patient while you're making the thing you're actually making. Yeah. You guys have the thing you're actually making as the main deliverable. We very consciously limited the rewards because we didn't want to get caught up with... Because we considered we love our box art. We were like, what if we made a puzzle out of it? It's so intricate and cool and t-shirts and all of these things. And we decided that we just wanted to focus well, on the We actually the got product. some good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I we Someone very kindly put us in touch with... Max Temkin, who did Cards Against Humanity, and he very kindly responded to our email. Yes. And he said not to do other rewards. We're yeah. like, okay, well, if he says it, then you know, we'll just do the Whatever game. Max Temkin says, yeah. that's what we should do. Uh, in, to answer your question, we had a manufacturing plan, and we um, are, and now that we have more orders, we are in talks with a couple different people, and it won't, we gave ourselves a year to fulfill. Um, because so many people said that, that, you know, they weren't able to fulfill in time. And that's a constant Kickstarter problem that yeah. you hear. So we gave ourselves a year. Our hope is to get it faster than Way that. Way sooner but it's than gonna, a year. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, under, under promise and over deliver. That's the only way that to, was to make it That was absolutely our goal. And that's another yeah. thing going into, you know, considering a Kickstarter 
there was so much research pre-Kickstarter reading, like Jamie Stegmeier has a fantastic blog, James Matthew has a fantastic blog. There is a lot of advice out there and very good advice yeah. for people who are considering doing a Kickstarter. Well, and one of, the, one of the strangest things can be when it becomes wildly successful. Is that something that can run people ragged? And like, I know, I know Alan Lee, who's... The game Look at it. We're seeing him on Wednesday. Game night with him on Wednesday. It's so exciting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say, I mean, they're going to play test it. You should ask me if you should come. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you, I, you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would. I can't. I, I've, I, there's there's a thing i got to go do that night. I'll tell you guys afterwards. We met. Uh, um, we actually met him because he was a backer. He and was our 49th oh, yeah. backer. He and is Alon, on it. Alon, yeah. Alon, Alon hunts this down. I've seen his we game closet. We were just closet. blown away that, like, to see his name on the list. It yeah. was so cool. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I've seen his game closet f- filled with stuff that they, they've, he's backed in. Because he was, he was a big Kickstarter backer long before they put that game out. So awesome. But like, so cool. that thing exploded so... No pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, no. but it it's, it was it wasn't, but it, it's true. It's like maybe it was subconsciously Freudian kitten slip. Um, I mean, he looks tired to me these days. <laughs> he never did before, and I saw him when he was doing like like television production stuff. So it's like it's it just can it can rock you. You know, it can be it can be something that the economies of scale are are huge. Well, uh, we're not at eight million in right. sales, yeah. right. so we're not quite yeah. quite at the level of uh, being run ragged as he is. Yeah. No, and we are hitting actually hitting a nice level where um, some of the components I think will be easier to find. Yeah, because it, you know because sometimes components are actually harder to find in small numbers. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember having early on in the days uh, one of the first the one of the first successful films was Indie Game the movie. Um, that was a Sundance uh, film. They, they actually they went to Kickstarter twice. They had a beautiful uh, teaser trailer uh, video that was uh, the selling point, and they, they did really well. And I remember talking to them. Uh, there was a great couple up in Canada uh, when they were finally getting around to fulfillment, and they were having like like the components of a DVD delivered to their house on pallets and it was like here's all the cases here's all the discs here's all the inserts and just like stuff or like they had to like you know you know find like they bought like the entire run of a certain color blue of shirt from the factory in indonesia like there wasn't any more like they ran out of fabric because they ran so many of those I keep um, wanting to do t-shirts, and Juliana keeps telling me that I'm wrong. Don't. And I think she's right. She's right. She's right. Don't. I just think it's it'd be fun yeah. to have a it's, it's something. It's something you can totally do once you get the business up and running. But like, it's it, it's it's there's so much you there's so much you learn when you go through the process. Um, and it's it's like any kind of creative endeavor. Um, you learn a lot the first time you do it, uh, and it gets easier as you. you yeah, go that's on. why. I mean, on this one, we wanted to give ourselves a year. It is our first project that we've created so I'm sure you know definitely our hope is to do a series of escape room in a box and there'll be different themes throughout so you know hopefully the next time we make this it'll be a much shorter delivery time because we'll know exactly oh this this is how it all works and we can be sure it's going to run smoothly pivot one more time what do you look for in uh in a in a in the escape room that's not in a box like the when you guys go to one your team gets to it what what are the things that get you excited different about? types of puzzles 
I think, you know, I one of the great things about the crew Juliana has put together is that we are all think a little bit differently. Mm. And so if we go into a room and it's all the same type of puzzle, then, you know, some of us are just sort of sitting out being like, I'm terrible. Love that. But, you know, if a room has a lot of, has physical puzzles and math puzzles and word puzzles and just all different types of things, I think that, you know, that's a well-designed room to me. Definitely. And I, we tend to prefer the non-linear rooms. We hate bottlenecks where everyone is sitting there waiting for one person to solve one puzzle because that's going to unlock the whole next series of puzzles that you need to do. So I love it when there is a good variety, especially for the number of people in the room, uh, a good variety that all goes at the same time. And actually one of the the best examples of doing something like that very well, I thought, was uh, the Haunted Theater that we did recently because often you get to the last puzzle and while it's not a bottleneck, you know, it's the last puzzle, so everyone's sort of standing around and in that one, everyone is involved in the last puzzle. Ooh, and that's it's smart. very cool and I really liked that aspect. Yeah. That's very, that's, that's really smart. And that's one of the things that's interesting about this space to me is that it has to evolve and needs to keep changing um, and it's going to be really interesting to see people try and retool rooms because on the one hand, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're, they're putting them in all kinds of like strange spots and that's great. It's like wherever the land is cheap, you know, yeah. land, land a room, but at a certain, and, and the market for it keeps on growing. But you know, once you've done a room, you've done a room. It's like, it's pretty much done. Some people have like, you know, a version blue triangle or something like that, you know, like you can mm-hmm. go back right. in, but it, it's, it's, it's pretty much done, but finding finding different takes on it. Like I've heard now about like rooms that are like using VR and rooms where it's like everyone working together. We're doing together. one of those. Yeah. We're, we're excited. Maze Rooms is yeah has a virtual reality room, and we're gonna go actually oh, really? what's, with which one? What's, it's what's a, the theme? It's a space theme. Oh, the space theme one's gonna have virtual reality. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're, um, we're, we're really excited. We're doing it actually with people we met because they reviewed our game. Yeah, oh, room hilarious. escape artist who is like fantastic escape room blog. They've done like 300 rooms. Well, yeah. the group that playtested our game all together between them has done 300 rooms. Oh, wow. um, so we're so excited to actually meet them in person um, and do an escape room with them. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah. I'm nervous I'm not going to like live up to it. <laughs> it's okay. I've, I did a room. I'll just I, choke. I did a room with a law and I was completely nervous. I was like, what am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, like that was the guy who, who co-invented ARGs. Like, why, why am I in this room? Like, I can't even finish an ARG. Um, all right. When, uh, pertinent details, when does the, uh, when does the Kickstarter close shop? March 4th. March 4th. 9 a.m. L.A. 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yeah. All right. So everyone who's listening to this, and this will go up at the end of this week, so you've got about four or five days, I think five or six days, actually. Uh, check it out. Check it out on Kickstarter. Uh, it's if They just pop in Escape Room in a Box on Kickstarter. They'll get there? Yeah. Certainly. Yes. All right. So go to Kickstarter. Check it out. Um, yeah. And like, what's what's the on the deliverable? Like, to get the box, what is it? It's forty-five dollars uh, plus shipping to get the box. That's like two tickets. To it's an less room. than two tickets to an escape room. Yeah, it's like one and a half tickets to an escape room. So even if it's just two of you doing it, you're still saving money. And how, how many? Home. What's what's the max number of players? We say two to six. 
I think you could do it with seven to eight, but we we did a play test where it was nine people, and it was a madhouse because escape rooms are all about communication, and our since our stuff is not as you know on the large scale of some of the rooms that are meant for twelve people. People were over here doing one thing and over here doing another thing, and they weren't talking to each other. And mm. everything is very connected in our box, and you need to communicate with your team. And so it was just a zoo, our nine-person playtest. So I, I like but the, I, the four to six um, groups really have a lot of fun. It's it's like sweet very, spot. very yeah. consistently. And four to six is a great number for game night. Yeah. Like a really, really great number for game. But it also depends, you know, how deeply involved you want to be. Like if you want to have hands on every puzzle, if it's just you and your partner doing this together, you know, and you're going to get to see everything, you might not, you might turn into a werewolf, (laughs) but you will at least get to see how everything works and fits together. And even though you will be a werewolf, you can still finish the the game, you will not get, you know, kicked out of your own living room. So yeah, every that. one of our playtesters who turns into a werewolf is like, can, can we still finish? <laughs> we still want to see where it goes. That, strange enough, I was thinking uh, along those lines for a second, I was like, well, what, what happens if you, like, you know, don't beat it in time? Yeah. It's like, well, guess what? You're at home. You yeah, just, it's you just finish, you. finish yeah. the thing. Finish <laughs> yeah. the thing. I lost, but I'm going to finish it. You get to choose. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right, well, ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We'll talk a little afterwards, too. All right, I just want to thank our guests for being on the show today and then uh, remind you of a couple of things. The Kickstarter is still running. Go to kickstarter.com and you can type in escape room in a box and you will find them and you can grab the box now. Uh, They've got the refill kit is included for the people who are backing the Kickstarter. So that means you get two, two, two uses out of uh, the box and, you know, uh, if you want to go get a lab coat and a werewolf mask uh, to play the werewolf doctor, uh, you know, I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm saying it's what I would do. Uh, I can even tell you where to get some scrubs. Don't ask. I mean, ask where they are, but don't ask why I know that. It's, it's not scandalous or anything. I wish it was. I just, I'm just observant. Um, all right. Uh, what are we doing now? This is no coffee, Noah, still. I just record the, I always record the ending right after I record the beginning. So that's why it all sounds the same. All right. Uh, check this out. If you're not annoyed by me by now, and I've tried really hard, um, you might want to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash no proscenium. Uh, we, uh, that's where we take, uh, we take your money. We take your money. We take a dollar. We just want a dollar. Um, we charge it once a month. Um, those who, who, who give more than a dollar, you're, you're more than welcome to give more than a dollar. Some people have like cut back and I'm like, wait, don't do that. That's going the wrong way. Um, uh, that helps the, keep the podcast going. Uh, there are, there are fees for hosting these things. Uh, it pays for them. Um, it's bought the microphone you're listening to now. It bought, it buys the microphone that Zay's using and Zay's going to use it soon for a very cool interview that I don't want to tell you guys about yet because I want it in the can before I start promoting it. But I'm so excited about that one. Um, it, um, and, and beyond that, um, I need to think of something like there are things, there are things that I'd like to do that are like, like would like to have. And then there are things that are like totally needed, uh, the weird thing is the totally needed things I would feel embarrassed to ask money about, um, money for. The, the would like to have things like, oh, you know, we could use a logo of our own and we could like use like a, a maybe like a jingle for the, for the podcast, you know, things of that nature. Um, 
I might set those up as goals, uh, but there's there's bigger stuff. There's things like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be neat to like pay a writer to go review a show? Wouldn't that be amazing? And I'm not talking about paying me. I'm talking about someone in like, there's a show in Philadelphia and we want to get a review of it, or there's a show in Orlando and we want to know what's going on there. Uh, it'd be really nice, but still working that out. I, I'll go work that out for some other people too. So, um, Twitter.com slash no proscenium, Facebook.com slash no proscenium. Uh, you can find us on Medium, medium.com slash no dash proscenium. There's, uh, there's a couple of new reviews up there. We've been, uh, we've been tending the fields. There's going to be even more next week. Um, there should be even more next week. I should always be careful when I promise things. Um, that's, there's, there's something, oh, this podcast, but you're listening to it already. Uh, noproscenium.com that's where you sign up for the newsletter we just added chicago we got the west coast going we got la i think there's a new la next week there is uh we've got i do those every other week and and i forget when i do them uh we've got new york's gonna be coming we got another san francisco one coming look at all the places we are we are in a lot of places and we're only going to get bigger um i want to thank you guys for putting up with me i want to thank you guys for checking out the show Got a couple of things in the fire for what the next episode's going to be. We will have an episode next week. What it's going to be, I don't know quite yet. Um, there's always a chance that we might uh, do a little Q&A. Haven't done one of those in a while. Kind of really like to do one. But uh, but there's, there's two other things I got my eye on. Uh, I'll tell you guys at the top of the week. All right. Have an excellent weekend if you're listening to this over the weekend. If you're not, uh, enjoy your week. And until next time, I'll see you at the show.